Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kibowitz. Welcome to episode 39. My name is Scott Wyden-Kibowitz, and today I'm joined by my guest, Brian Caparici. Uh, I've known Brian for many years at this point. He was previously a guest on episode six. So I'm going to do a quick introduction to Brian, but I definitely recommend you checking out episode six so you can get a deeper introduction and learn uh, previously what we talked about with Brian was, I think, um, sort of like we talked about flow and things like that, I think, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I think we talked um, about like the customer experience on the web. Mostly. Yeah. 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 Cool. So, um so Brian is an award-winning wedding and portrait photographer based in Font Hill, Canada. He specializes in creating natural, relaxed, and fun imagery. He's a Fuji X photographer as well as one of the voices and really the main voice behind the Sprouting Photographer podcast. And Brian is also one of the founders of Sprout Studio, a powerful photography business workflow solution. So we're very excited to have Brian back on for another episode and also the first returning guest of the podcast. Ah, the first returning guest. That's exciting. That's a that's a yeah. fun title, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And 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 really just over 30 episodes later, so that's pretty cool. Right. Awesome. Um, I love it. Well, so thanks for having you me. You were back, there for the Scott. beginning. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. Um so before we dive into what's going on with you with Sprout with Sprout Studio and everything, mm-hmm. let's dive into the WordPress photography related news. We have a few few uh, items to, to mention. First is X-Theme, a very popular theme sold on ThemeForest. They have a major, major update. So if you are using X-Theme, they now have two versions of it. One is now called X-Theme, which is kind of what you're used to already. And now there's also X-Theme Pro, which sort of brings their cornerstone page builder into the header, the sidebar, and the footer. You can basically use page builder anywhere on the on your WordPress site. So there's two versions. I think the uh, Xtheme Pro is a is an upgrade. And I think if you purchase it in a certain time frame, you're getting that upgrade for free or something. I don't know. There's a blog post we will link to in the show notes. So if you're interested, just be aware it's very text heavy and not very image oriented blog post. So be prepared to read a lot of paragraphs. Um, <laughs> I was so just that thinking that a, as I went there, I was like, oh, cool. What's this? And I'm just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I'm like, yeah, where's the pictures? Yeah. Come on. Show me pictures. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that caught me off guard. But uh, <laughs> fortunately, their email announcement was a lot of bullet points. So I was able to get the gist from that. Mm. Um, <laughs> nice. So um, the, the next bit is WordPress 4.7.4 is now available. This is a minor, you know, just a sort of a bug fix thing. There's a lot of updates in this, um, but it's pretty minor. So just run a backup and update. You shouldn't find any issues. But WordPress 4.8 is around the corner. It is dropping support for Internet Explorer version 8, 9, and 10. And if you're a Windows user, you know, I think Internet Explorer went up to 11 and now it's called Edge. So it's a completely different browser. So that means... Uh, WordPress will still work on Internet Explorer 8, 9, and 10. They just won't support it anymore. So if you have an issue with, you know, uploading an image or creating a new page and you're using 8, 9, or 10 of Internet Explorer, you won't get any assistance. You need to update your your OS, basically. So (laughs) that's That's a pretty major one. 
Hey, you know, it's it's one of the things I realized in uh, in running Sprout Studio here. You know, we we build a web application, not much right. that different than than what WordPress is. Um, and man, like cross browser supporting is just like from a development perspective, it's it, it is so difficult. Like yeah. we might build something and it is perfect in Chrome, and someone opens it up in Safari and they're like, oh, nothing works, and it's like, oh my goodness, like. You just yeah. wish they would speak the same language, you know, so it would make development for the web so much easier. I mean, you'd think especially because that is the future of development, right? I mean, apps are now yeah. happening uh, natively in your browser now. There's so much you can yeah. do in a browser uh, that it would just be so much easier to develop for if you and, could have compatibility. Yeah, and, and being that you're building your own platform means you only have to work worry about browser compatibility. Right. When you're talking about WordPress, you're now adding browser, mm-hmm. server, Yep. Uh, Totally. OS on yep. top of it, and totally. so many different things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, cross cross browser, cross platform compatibility mm-hmm. in general. It's just it's a nightmare, but it's it's a sort of a necessary evil. Yep. Totally. That's <laughs> um, the world we live in. <laughs> yeah. Down the road, maybe Google and Apple will merge, and then it'll just be one big happy family mm-hmm. everywhere, and Microsoft will join in, and who knows? That would just you know. be nice. Or someone's got to build like the f- the platform that then we can develop for. And then it just makes versions for all the browsers and it does the testing and all that. Like, wouldn't that just make yeah. life so much easier? That would be cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> then the next, the last bit of news is Corey Potter, who you've heard from episode 32. Uh, Corey Potter runs Fuel Your Photos and he is actually building his first WordPress theme for photographers. If you go to Fuel Your Photos and don't tell him I told you this, if you go to Fuel Your Photos, you get a preview of what the theme looks like. But um, he's about to release his own theme. I think it's being called Kindling, which goes well with the name of his brand, Fuel Your Photos. And it's um, it's going to be out in the wild soon, very soon. He's right now beta testing with a group of photographers. And it's basically built to be used with Elementor. So if you're used to the X theme, which uses a page builder, if you're used to Divi, which uses a page builder, if you're used to Beaver Builder, Elementor is another page builder. And... Uh, his theme will re- will be requiring the use of Elementor for designs and things like that. So um, I don't have any link to that, but I will link to Fuel Your Photo so you can see a sort of a little preview of what it might look like. <laughs> so, um, all right. So that's the news. What's going on with you, Brian? What's new in, in your world? Oh, not much. I mean, I'm gearing up to go down um, speaking at Belly, Baby, and Beyond uh, in Newport Beach, California, uh, coming up this Friday. So I've got that. I'm kind of gearing up to to head down there, which is nice. I was in St. Louis uh, two weeks ago for Shutterfest, speaking at that. So um, yeah, just kind of, I guess, had WPPI a couple months ago there. So kind of just wrapping up and rounding out the sort of convention season now and, um, you know, uh, wrapping that up and then getting into wedding season here as a shooter. And um, we launched... With Sprout Studio, we launched um, a new feature called Multiple Users and Multiple Brands, uh, which was the biggest update we've ever done <laughs> to the software. There was actually more lines of, you'd appreciate this, Scott, there was more lines of code changed or added in this update than there was in the first version of Sprout that we launched. Wow. So wow. it was significant. So we've been kind of working yeah. through that and working on all that and now working on some gallery updates and stuff. So we're having fun and keeping busy over here. Nice. Yeah. So, so your trip to California, does, do you, are you, uh, that's going to be a long flight from you. It is um, a long flight. I never realized <laughs> until I went to book it and I'm like 13 hours in a plane. I'm like, all right, let's get some movies loaded up or something. Yeah. Holy smokes. Do you have like a layover in the U.S. or something? Yeah, or? I've got three layovers actually. Or sorry, two layovers. What? So three different flights. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that, uh, right. that'll be fun. But uh, that's the nature of the job, I guess. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's intense. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's th- that should be a fun a fun event. Yeah, it'll be a good uh, event. It's uh, an, an audience that I have a lot of passion for, newborn and maternity photographers and, and child photographers. I normally speak to uh, wedding photographers, but I do have um, you know quite a bit of experience dealing with newborn photographers and teaching them. So it's a space that uh, I really think um, can really benefit a lot from focusing on the business side of what they do. Because I've found that, uh, not to stereotype by any means, but certainly I think I've found that a lot of newborn photographers are getting into it because their passion for taking pictures of babies um, comes first, which is typically the case for photographers. But um, the, the challenges of running a business in that space are totally different than, than that of running a wedding photography business. So I'm looking forward to, to helping them out down there. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's a, that should be great. Uh, so if you're watching this and you're going to the event, make sure you check out Brian's session. Awesome. <laughs> um, uh, now, actually, so by uh, when that's Friday? That's uh, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so I'm keynoting wow, okay. uh, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Yeah, so this episode comes out on Thursday. So. All right. Well, <laughs> if you're down in California, come say hi to me. Yes, timings were just right. Awesome. Um, all right, so let's let's dig into our topic. We're going to be talking about branding, but um, not the typical branding that people might expect. We talked with Lena Hyde in a previous episode about branding. Yep. It was more about the stylization uh, than, than than elsewhere. So let's, let's talk about branding. Um, why don't you define your definition of branding uh, how it relates to what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I think in general, I mean, um, branding can take on so many different terms and so, so many different ways to refer to it. I think that at the end of the day, it's how people feel about you and your brand and your photography. Like that's sort of, I guess, what I would call branding as a really generic, you know, brush stroke, as a very broad stroke, I would say it is that. But my perspective on branding on the web is that a lot of the times I have found that photographers look at a website as purely a portfolio. And uh, I'm of the opinion that we need to be um, really focusing on our brand, on experience, on differentiation through the web uh, in a way that goes so much further than just a portfolio. I think it needs to be setting expectations. We need to start outlining some policies. We need to start having clients either lean in if they're the right client for us or pull back if they're not the right clients for us. And so that's why I think branding and really thinking about the structure that lives underneath it before we get to the exciting website stuff um, is really important uh, when you're looking at building your website. So what kind of expectations would you say uh, are very important to set right out of the gate? totally depends on your brand. And so that that's where that's where I love this conversation because I don't think that there's like a one size fits all solution. Mm-hmm. I think that you've got to start thinking about what is your brand? What is your differentiator? What's the story you're trying to tell people? Because I think that if you can figure out what that story is, um, then you can figure out the tangible pieces of how that actually shows up on your website. You know, most of the time I see a photographer, they'll say something like, I, I picked up my first camera when I was seven years old and I fell in love and I have such a passion for photography. And I'm kind of like, yeah, you and every other photographer, right? I mean, like if we're yeah. saying that we're passionate about photography, we're not saying anything about our photography. Um, I would expect you to be passionate about your photography. It's like me going to look for a real estate agent and a real estate agent says, I love selling homes. It's like, great. So you're in the right, you're in the right profession. So now what? Like, why yeah. you, right? Um, and then the the opposite, I guess, is also the case where photographers will say something like, um, "Wedding photography is the only thing that you have from your wedding day to enjoy and to and to see for years to come." And it's like, 
okay, so you just promoted the medium of photography, but not necessarily your photography. So I think that that's where you've got to do some thinking on the substructure there to figure out like, what is your story? What is the narrative that makes you unique that clients will then lean into or pull away from if they don't connect to it? Nice. Yeah. So, um, one, one of the things that I do, um, that I, that I find that my clients appreciate is on my website, I'm very upfront about what they get, mm-hmm. right? So this is sort of, uh, it's a different type of expectation um, yeah. than, than just the, the story behind what you do. It's more of just, you know, what, I, I'm going to hire you for, uh, for cake smash photography. And, 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 and what, how does that day go? What, what do I get from it? Uh, how does it start? How do I prepare for it? Mm-hmm. What um, what happens afterwards? Um, who cleans up? <laughs> All that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> right, right. So, you know, uh, I think as far as expectations go, you got to come and uh, come up with uh, the way that you would talk to your client face to face. In my opinion, you should also put that on your website as sort of a sort of a selling tool mm-hmm. um, to and, and and make it pretty, of course, not just put text and call it a day, but uh, make sure that it's, it's very clear that they, that they know who you are as a person and as a photographer, but also um, how, how they're going to enjoy that experience with you and, and how they're not going to be stressed that day. Yeah. Um, and things like that. I, I think it's super important to make sure that we um, start building context around what we do as photographers. Like, if you're hiring, uh, let's say a newborn photographer, right? Like, or, or let's say a maternity photographer. Like, if you're hiring a photographer to do something, you know that they take pictures, <laughs> obviously, right? I think what we have to start doing as photographers is start building an experience around that, building emotion into that, and framing what we do, pun intended, um, in a way that can now... Um, build value greater than us just taking pictures for people. And so that's why I really advocate for building that story. And I I don't necessarily mean like my own story as a photographer, like this is my background, but more so getting into the why of what I do and getting into the story and the meaning that we're creating for it um, or building some context around it. So then as the client or the potential client starts leaning in, um, it's, framed in a different way. You, you know what I mean? Like, yep. picture this. If I were a family portrait photographer, if I, if you were to go to my website and you could just start seeing pictures, you know, your portfolio, maybe there was even an about page, which is, that's what most photographers would do. Whereas instead, if you had an entire kind of purpose, a whole set of tools built into your site that advocates for what you might call the lost generation and how today's generation doesn't print their photographs. And you've got this story about how your grandmother still brings around her old 35 millimeter film camera to take pictures. And every time you say, grandma, why are you like, we all have our phones. We all have these things. Why are you still taking pictures? And she says, because you guys never share your pictures. So I still yep. take pictures because I want to have prints and I get doubles of everything so I can share them with you guys. And maybe that's the story, right? And that's just one example of it. But like you need to start building some context around what you do beyond just saying I take pictures. Um, I got a side story that I think it's like it's the complete opposite of what you just said with as far as the grandmother printing photos. Okay. Um, 
so uh, my my grandfather uh that had the name Wyden which is one of the reasons why I use Wyden in my photography right um he was he was all about printing photos he was a hobbyist photographer but on the other side they're not a really big photography people at all and my grandmother right now has an iPad and every time we have we have a family text when we send photos of the grand you know her, her grandkids or my 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 daughter and then my niece and nephew and whatnot and and she saves every photo on her iPad nice every single photo which i think is great you know obviously she wants yeah, the photos right and then she recently bought a new iPad uh-huh. and the reason why is cuz she ran out of space on the old <laughs> iPad nice so instead of printing them she just went out and bought a new iPad so she can store more photos. That's hilarious. So yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> that's hilarious. I just yeah. But so. you know, it's 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 in it's in those sort like whatever it is. And that's why I say it's like you know what expectations do you set? I think it's hard to like. There's no hard and fast set of rules for it because I think I've also seen photographers go too far where they have like all their policies on their website and a, right. and a client's not going to read that. I think we need to make sure that we're keeping our copy and our content short, brief, but based around story and and leaving something to be desired so that clients want to lean in and connect. Because if you just kind of put everything up there on your website, open for the public, um, including your prices, then you're not really giving any reason to connect. So um, that that's where I think you've got to start building. Like you got to figure out what is that thing that makes you different or what are those things or what is your story that people can connect to and then try to start building that into your site in many different ways. Maybe maybe one of the ways is that um, you know you have a fine art background and you actually do your own canvas stretching and you do your own oil paintings right. you know for a special commission. Um, start telling that story because that's a story that you can tell that nobody else can tell. So maybe you have a video that talks about that. Maybe you have some pictures. Maybe you have testimonials. Maybe you've got some behind the scenes of you actually doing these things. Like whatever it is, um, start telling that story. And your website is such a great tool because you can tell that story in so many different ways yet still connect to the same purpose through your website. Because the thing is, is someone's not going to read every page of your website. Not going to happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like people are going to kind of click around unless you design a really streamlined experience, which is what I think we talked about in episode six. Um, But, but, but if you give yourself the opportunity to tell that story in as many ways as you can, the, the, the likelihood of it, of it connecting with somebody is just going to go up. Um, Yeah. That, and Man, I was uh, <laughs> I was about to say something. I totally just lost. Um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's so funny. And and I think I'm going to leave this in the podcast because it's really that's, that's totally really it's the best. This is this is the yeah. joy of podcasting. Yeah. Um. So, man, what was I going to say? This is going to drive me nuts now. I was talking about website story video. You could put it everywhere. Fine art printing, canvas stretching, <laughs> behind the scenes photos. Yeah, stories policies on your website oh no? that's what there we say. go see yeah so i think that uh <laughs> man so uh i think that that in addition to to adding all this i think the uh, i think this kind of leads into cons- consistency a lot is mm-hmm. uh, in, in a good way is is the way that you speak the way that you're uh the language you're using in text mm-hmm uh even if it's text on graphics or text in video or just text that's clear text Whatever you are doing, I think the words have to be your words. And mm-hmm. I think it has to be, you know, the way that you speak when you talk to somebody face to face. Yeah. 
Um, but I also think that getting there and finding out what to say, uh, how to tell your story, how to even find your story, I think if you as a photographer can't find it yourself, you need to work with somebody who can help you. There are mm -hmm. people out there who can help you. That actually, that's what they do is they, they consult to help you find your brand, find who you are as a, as a brand, your persona, things like that. So, um, but I do think that once you find that, the language you use has to be your language, not somebody else's and not just like robotic. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think it's also something that we want to keep in mind. And this is like a rule of copywriting, which, you know, may, perhaps Scott, you and I, we kind of live and love that space. I think a lot of the times photographers don't live in that space of like online marketing or copywriting, which is understandable. Right. It's just not not yeah. not their not their space. But we want to make sure that we're talking in terms of the client. You know, like instead yeah. of going on and on about ourselves or going on and on about all these things that we do, it's a small mindset shift, but one that makes a big difference. If you can talk in terms of them and start giving them value and start talking about the benefit to them. Then all of a sudden they start to kind of clue in and uh, and listen up, as opposed to us going off about awards or this or that or whatever it is that we want to be saying. Um, we we got to make sure that we talk in a way that people will hear it and understand it. Because if they come to your website and it's basically kind of like verbal diarrhea, and they're like, <laughs> I, I I don't know what this is meaning. I don't know what this what value this has to me. Um, they're gonna kind of you know click away and, and go. And and then that's when you end up saying, well, website doesn't work or SEO doesn't work or this doesn't work because you're not connecting in the right way to people. So just yeah. be mindful of writing um, as if you're trying to convince them to take the next step, which is really what a website's supposed to do. Your website is supposed to have them lean in and it's supposed to detract those that, that don't connect with you, but then have them take the next step. And if your website's not doing that for you, then your website's not doing what it should be doing. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, let's go into consistency. Yeah. Let's talk more about, about that. Let's, um, so going along with this whole thing, uh, we could talk about just like the idea of, you know, the colors and logos being consistent and stuff. But I think that's some of the more obvious parts of consistency. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what do you find uh, that is as important or more important inconsistency when you're when we're, when we're talking about branding so i think um if i can relate this back to how i how i teach marketing so when i teach marketing i kind of go through this process because when i say it's very similar branding and marketing when i say you know think of marketing and, and i'll just give even photographers listening a minute or, or you know 10 seconds think think about when i say marketing what comes to your mind right most photographers will probably think facebook advertising bridal shows, magazine ads, you know, like so on and so forth, right? They'll think of the traditional marketing mediums, like where you market your business. And when you start with marketing your business with the medium, um, you're literally starting off on the wrong foot because you could be saying the wrong thing to the wrong people in that medium. You could be saying the right thing to the wrong people, or you could be saying the wrong thing to the right people in that medium. When you start with the tactic, which would be the same as the tactic of logo and color and design and theme and so on and so forth, um, I don't know. Like, are you saying the right thing to the right people, the wrong thing to the right people, the wrong the right thing to the wrong people. Like it, it, I don't know. Right. And you don't know until you do that research first. So that's the foundation that I recommend building a website on, building your communication style on, building your marketing platform on, building your, your value proposition on. You've got to know first 
What are you trying to say? Then, who are you trying to say it to? And only once you figure those two things out, then you can get into the tactics. So if you don't know, I mean, if you don't know what your brand is or what message best resonates with your, with your clients or even who your clients are, maybe your clients are, you know, professional, um, independent workers like doctors or lawyers or things like that. And they just don't have time to go and read all this stuff. So if you go and blurt all this stuff out and have all this long form content, they're not going to connect with it. Even though it might be the most beautifully written content, they may not connect with it. Or maybe your market is millennials and you're a senior portrait photographer, in which case they need, you know, fast paced, quick rush. Like they need that. And you also need to kind of hype up the coolness of it. If you go and write this beautifully, elegantly worded stuff, not going to connect. So I advocate for figuring out first, what's your message? Like, what do you want to say? And then figure out who do you want to say it to? Who's your client? And then double back to that message component and make sure that what you're saying is still consistent for who you want to say it to. And then let's get into the actual tactic, the medium. What's the logo look like? What's the coloring? How does this show up on the website? Where does it show up? Is it video or is it photo? Is it words or is it email? Like, how, you know, those are all just tactics. And we could spew out, like between Scott, you and I, we could spew out a hundred different tactics, right? Like, do do landing pages, do videos, do this, do webinars. Like there's there's a thousand things you could do in terms of tactics for web content. Um, every single one of them works depending on which market you're going after, depending on what message you're trying to say. So I advocate for really thinking about that stuff first and then going through with the execution of it. Yeah, I love it. You know, and and um, we could do a just like very simple example is yeah. if you're a photographer who photographs um you know, restored cars for people, right? Yep. And you you like the old classic, you know, muscle cars. Mm-hmm. That's what you like to photograph. But your language is kind of not speaking to that. And it's actually speaking to uh, the people who have the fancy, you know, what do they call it? Rice burners? Is that what they call them? The, I've never heard that. <laughs> the ones that I think, isn't it, I think I think that's what they call it, the, the more like... Uh, Apparently I'm the, not in that the, space at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, so uh, if your language is towards a different type of, of, of car right. and and you're at now advertising on Facebook and you're targeting people between your, you know, certain ages that might be restoring cars mm-hmm. and in your location and you got all of the targeting in the right way, but the language you're using is for the wrong people. Yep. You know, now you're going to attract people that won't connect with you when they, once they visit your site and see exactly. the rest of your content. Um, so you need to make sure that that is consistent with everything else you're doing so that you make sure that the people you're going to advertise to or market to in any way, shape or form connect yep. with the muscle car. <laughs> yeah, I, I always like to say that the medium that you choose and, and you know, your website is one of the mediums. Uh, yeah. Landing pages is one of the mediums. Facebook ads is another medium. Social media, like organic, Instagram, Facebook, like those kinds of things. Those are all just mediums. Those are literally just a delivery vehicle for taking your message and communicating it to the market, All right? So you've got, what are you trying to say? Who are you trying to say it to? And your website is just supposed to deliver one to the other. And so yeah. if you haven't figured out that message or if you haven't figured out who it is you're speaking to, you're, you're literally flying blind trying to build your website, trying to build a Facebook ad campaign, trying to do a bridal show without thinking about that stuff first. Yeah, you know, and uh, so I'm I'm gonna recommend one person that I know 
does this consulting for photographers to help them find their their way. Uh, and it's Christine Tremolay. Mm-hmm. You know, she is fantastic at it. Um, she's been doing it for many many years, and so if and I will I will link to her website in the show notes. Um, so if you if you if you want to take this path that Brian has been talking about with mm-hmm. finding your own uh, your own your own brand uh, your your own language uh, find out who you are and how to portray that story and you can't do it on your own check out Christine or just Google for other people if you really yeah. want to yeah um, so no it's it's a funny story I was coaching a photographer just a couple of weeks ago and. We were going through this process um, because I believe this is something that's this is foundational. Like when I coach photographers, I often, even though they're saying I need to figure out pricing, it's like okay, let's let's just do like one week because I do I do twelve week uh, coaching sessions. Um, well, I'll basically only do twelve weeks. I, I won't do you know a four hour chunk or anything like that because I want to see consistency. And I always say let's do some foundation work for a minute just to kind of figure out what this feels like. And I was doing this with a photographer, locally, a wedding photographer, and she was saying how her differentiator is that, you know, for the family portraits, she sets up all these lights and does like this Vanity Fair thing and like all that, right? And I kept saying to her, I said, who cares? She's like, well, you get these beautiful like fashion thing. I'm like, who cares? And she's like, well, but like you look like you're a supermodel. I said, who cares? You know, he kept saying, who cares? Why does this matter to the client? And eventually she ended up getting to the fact that that family is such an important part of a wedding day. And her clients are those kinds of clients that value family, that value tradition, that value, um, you know, um, having their loved ones, their grandparents, their parents um, be a part of the heirloom of the wedding. It's not just about these Hollywood bride and groom portraits. So I said, that's the story, and that's the kind of client that's going to connect with this. So you have to start telling it that way, as opposed to just saying, I'll bring all these speed lights and do these beautiful pictures for family portraits. Who cares is my comment, right? Yeah. So until you start to dive into that, because then all of a sudden, the way that, she, that we're now developing her communication uh, guidelines to speak to that audience is completely differently than if we were to take like the fashion approach. Or if we were to take the technical approach, I said, listen, your clients don't care what lights you use, what camera you use. They don't care if you shoot film, if you shoot digital. Like They don't care about any of that stuff. All they care about is what does this mean to them? So let's take what your differentiator is and find the story under that and start communicating that in a way that's relevant to the market. And that's the core process of figuring out message, figuring out market, and then using the medium, your website, social media, to deliver one to the other. Nice. I love yeah. it. That's a, and that, that's a great story right there. Um, so I think people, I think anybody listening to this or watching this, uh, this episode will really connect with, be able to connect with that story. And mm-hmm. maybe, they're, maybe they're doing the same thing and portraying the, the just, you know, exactly what happens instead of, uh, right. you know, connecting it back. Yep. So great. Listen, the, awesome. the, the, idea, the idea of story, I mean, we have, we have connected and passed down um, ideas for thousands of years through story like story is the oldest is the oldest form of communication that we know as mankind right like from cave drawings to now so like we are naturally hardwired to connect with stories so if we can be telling our story or telling what we do in a way that is naturally narrative then we're going to have people connecting with it we're going to have people leaning into it um, and we're going to be able to communicate about a point 
much more effectively than if we were just listing out facts or saying, here's the gear I shoot with, or here's the top five reasons why you should hire me. Um, we need to start communicating through story. And your website is just one of the ways that you could then put that story out to the world. Totally. Nice. Um, so let's, let's move on to uh, a recommended plugin that you have. Um, now, what The one you have is not a WordPress plugin, <laughs> but can yes. be used in WordPress. Totally, and it's one yeah. I think... I think I've talked about I've talked about this in the past on the on the podcast, so I, I'm a I'm a fan of it. I pay for it. So. Yeah. Yep. Me too. So, so let's talk about this. What's cool. the plugin that you that you are recommending? Yeah. So I totally cheated. So it, it it's a plugin or an extension to Chrome that then works in WordPress that way. So it's called right. Grammarly, G R A M M A R L Y. There's a free version. It does a great job. The free version, or there's a paid version. I also pay and subscribe to it because I want the more advanced functionality. But basically, it gives you um, a built-in grammar, spelling, um, word outline, copy smithing uh, editor right in your browser, right in uh, WordPress, right in, if you want to use it standalone, you can use it standalone. Um, so as you're writing blog posts, as you're writing copy, as you're writing your about page, any of these stories you're writing, um, I, you can even use it in, in like Gmail. Um, right. So it basically um, helps you structure your sentences, helps you make sure you don't have any obvious like obvious typing and grammar, things like that. But it actually catches more than what a Microsoft Word might catch or what you know your default dictionary uh, yeah. plugin might catch. Um, but more so, it helps with like the sentence structure. Like it makes sure that you've got you know the right uh, the right order of words of things. And if you're using, you know, the wrong S somewhere, or if you're using is instead of are, or if you're using different things like that, it just helps you um, refine your language and refine your copywriting so that it comes across as polished. Yeah. I love how it says like, you're using this word too many times. Here's yeah. like suggestions to change it or totally, yeah. um, you're using the wrong tense yep. when the rest of the tense is yep. <laughs> the different exactly, one. Exactly. Yep. Um, exactly. But then the one thing I don't like about it, which I really wish they they address soon, is it doesn't work in Google Drive, hmm. like in a Google Doc. It, you I can't know. use that it. That does yet. suck. Yeah, that does suck. Yeah. I always copy it out. Like I have the desktop app of it. Yeah. So I just yeah. copy it out of Google Drive, paste it in there, do my editing, and then paste it back into yeah, into Google Drive. Same thing. But yeah, same I thing. know. Apparently, I was reading up on it. It's a technology clash. Like Google Drive doesn't allow you getting into the content like Grammarly needs to. So. It's, uh, My I think guess it's is they, they could probably build an, this is super technical, so if you're listening to this, you can just ignore this <laughs> one part, but yeah. they, <laughs> they, could, they could probably just build an add-on for Google Drive, yeah. which sort of like, is like a workaround maybe, yeah. but yeah. anyway. It lives on so, top. It's it's yeah. great, you know, it's, it's just, it's going to help you build better understanding in your content. It's going to help you yeah. uh, not be, you know, make things complicated. Um, the app that I actually love to use with it, so I'm cheating now, Scott, and adding an, an, another um, sure. Another, recommendation is uh, one called Hemingway app. Um, and I use yep. that in conjunction with Grammarly. So I use like, I kind of bounce the content back and forth between them because yep. um, Hemingway app will basically uh, grade your content um, and give it a, give it a rating <laughs> in terms of a grade rather. So, you know, is it, is it grade five, grade six, grade seven, grade eight um, saying like, how understandable is this? How digestible is this? So if you have long run on sentences or you have sentences that have a lot of points in a sentence, it'll grade it higher, meaning it's more complicated. So what you want to do is get your content to be a lower grade. So it's more digestible, easier to understand, um, that kind of thing. So I'll kind of, you know, bounce content into Hemingway app. I'll do the grading on it and then bounce it over to Grammarly, check it for grammar, spelling, understanding, bounce it back to Hemingway, do a combo back and forths on it 
be nice if you could do it all in one place, but you can't. Um, so I do it that way, and that way you've got sentence structure that makes sense. It's readable, it's scannable, it's digestible, it makes sense, and it's also structurally and grammatically um, perfect. So it's a great, it's a great sort of two-hit combo. Yeah. I do the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, and I will link to this article in the show notes. I have an article written called "Why I Use Grammarly and Hemingway When Writing Content." So no way, that's uh, hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, yeah. there you go. Spot on then. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, this has been a great episode. Uh, yeah. I'm really uh, thank you again for joining. Of this course. was sort of a last minute. I needed a new guest, <laughs> so I'm glad you I were available up. to join. Good. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so I, I really appreciate it, and, and I really I wish you good luck at uh, on Friday at in the at Thank the you. conference in California, um, and hopefully we'll see each other in person again soon. It's yeah, been definitely. a while. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so for sure, uh, are you going to be at, at um at uh? Do you know if you if you're going to go to PPE? What's coming up? Uh, <laughs> PPE is in the fall. We might be there. Yeah. Uh, depends. I might go down to New York for that. Uh, we won't cool. probably won't have a booth, um, but I'll be. I, yeah. I may go down just uh, just to network and, and hang out with some folks. Uh, awesome. Definitely, you know, back at WPPI, I do Shutterfest every year. Um, potentially, we'll do imaging this year. So, so we'll see. Cool. Got lots of exciting things coming up this year. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Lots of travel. <laughs> That's right. Yes, I know, yeah. which is uh, challenging when you have uh, when you have a young family, as as you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. Well, thank you, Brian, again for for joining today. Um, and you can find the show notes from today's episode at uh, imagely.com slash podcast slash thirty nine. So, Till next time. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.